Hey, y'all, it's your girl, Dia Direct, and welcome back to the Superpower Podcast. You know, where women of power and women with powerful stories testify, and sometimes the men do too. Yes, they do. But listen, there are a few things that can stand to be spiced up in life. You know what I'm saying? Like your food, your finances, and your sex life, honey. Yes. And lucky for us, my next guest knows something about all three. That's right. Chef Jolie is a wife, a mother, and the owner of Low Country Cuisine and Adabaduya Spices. <laughs> Adabaduya. Yes, ma'am. Hey, Ann. Hey, girl. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? So good. Jolie, you know, I met you, what was it, like 2007, and you were about to get married. Um, You're about to start your own catering service. I mean, you were doing all this that long ago. We were really young, and those are two big life-changing moves. And so I remember meeting you, and you're talking about all this stuff you were about to do. And the first thing I was thinking was, like, like, how in the world did all this happen? Like, tell us your story. Oh, goodness. When you say it like that, it makes me sound like an absolute crazy person for doing all that. (laughs) Because those are big things. Yes, yes. And um, got pregnant soon after that. So all those things were going on. Um, At at any rate, uh, I am originally, my family's from Charleston, South Carolina, the low country, hence the name low country cuisine. cuisine. Mm -hmm. Big Q, queen of Southern gourmet. Okay. and I, my mom moved to Atlanta, right? So I grew up back and forth between Atlanta, Georgia, and Charleston, South Carolina. And then in 2004, I moved to Dallas and moved to Dallas with a corporate job. But I always had this passion for cooking and entertaining because my grandparents were both in the culinary field. And my, if you go to my grandmother's house to this day, and I say, Grandma, my friend Dia is going to be in town and she will lay out all the food, all the buffet. She would never have had well, to. Well, well, if you learned how to cook from your grandma, I'm in. <laughs> yes. So just growing up with them cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and always showing love and care through food. And my mom can't cook. So when I would come back home, really? not at all. And I'm not talking bad about her. She knows it. <laughs> wow. So it skipped a generation. It skipped a generation like twins. Wow. So when I would come back home from summers and holidays in Charleston to Atlanta, I would cook because she couldn't cook. And I wanted the food I would eat growing up. Mm -hmm. And just it became my chore, my responsibility, uh, working mom, uh, working stepfather. I would grocery shop and cook for my sister and I and did the same thing in college, cooked for my roommates. And when I became an adult, when someone had a party, I would do the food and help them, you know, set everything up. And I always knew growing up, my mom instilled in me, if you find something that you absolutely love doing and you can find a way to make a living at it, then you never work a day in your life because it's your passion. And so when we met, I had met my husband here in Dallas and I was supposed to only be in Dallas for like four months or something, met him decided to stay and I was in a corporate job where who were you doing? I was in sales. My background is in outside sales. Okay. So I have a sales and marketing background. And just it was right getting ready to go into that recession and the job that I had taken, my title had changed, my salary had changed, 
And I just kept hearing my mom say, find something you're passionate about, find a way to make money. And a friend knew that I could cook and asked me to cater her graduation. She was getting her MBA. Mm. And I did it. It went well. And I just said, you know what? This is this is what I want to do. I want to start this catering business. And I started it uh, part time initially. When you when you and I met, I was just getting my feet wet. Wow. You know, there's a scripture that talks about that your gifts will make room for you. Amen. And um, and you just sometimes you don't know how it's going to all work itself out. So, okay, so that's great. So it sounds like you've always liked to cook. Mm -hmm. um, you got, uh, you know, an opportunity for, for a gig um, to cook, and then you decided, okay, I'm going to try this. Right. But, you know, there are so many people who are in this journey of entrepreneurship, and we know it's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about how you figured out your business model. Well, it initially, now, like I said, my background is in sales and marketing, mm -hmm. right? which serves any budding entrepreneur well, no matter what it is that you, what business you're going into, you have to know how to sell it and market it, mm -hmm. right? So those things worked in my favor and I naturally had a talent for, for cooking, but I never worked for a catering company before. Um, in high school and in college, I worked for Pizza Hut. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's they were a restaurant, but that was the extent. Pizza Hut. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, on Old National Highway and in Atlanta, Georgia. If you have any Atlanta listeners, they know exactly which one I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but that was my extent of professional experience in cooking. So I got on the internet and I Googled and I watched videos and I read business, um, business plans for catering companies. I looked at the market and um, things of that nature. And what I learned about my industry, and I suggest this for any entrepreneur to mm -hmm. learn about their industry and the market, I learned that there are no uh, leaders, there are no market leaders in the catering industry. When you think about catering, you can't think, oh, that company is the leader. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. not. When you think fast food, you think McDonald's, right? But when you think about catering, weddings, corporate events, there's no... Uh, number one. And what that meant was that there was a lot of opportunities. Right. Right. There. Where there's a need, that's where you lead. Exactly. And so I felt good about that. And so I just started to uh, figure out, okay, I know that there's opportunity in the market. And I thought about what's going to set me apart from other caterers. Mm -hmm. Well, the type of cuisine that I grew up eating, I don't see anybody doing that here in mm -hmm. Dallas, low country mm -hmm. cuisine. So I thought I thought about that. And I thought about, well, who are my customers? Brides, I wanted to do weddings, corporate people. Well, where are those people? How do I let them know who I am? Mm -hmm. And began to um, figure out a marketing plan first. Well, that's because you have the background, right? So that mm -hmm. so when you say a marketing plan to you, you know what the first thing is to do. Right. So you figured out that there was a market for what you needed. Mm -hmm. And so if, if there was just one tip that you could give, you know, somebody who's trying to figure out any business that they're trying to start, we get identify who your market is. Right. But how do you actually get the word out to them? Because first of all, then the internet wasn't what, what wasn't what it is now, but also it's saturated. So even if you're on Instagram, Facebook, blah, 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 you know, how do you make yourself stand out, you know, above other businesses like yours? 
Dang, dear, you make us sound real old. But internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, me and Al Gore, I, you know, me and Al Gore, we invented it, y'all. <laughs> you know what worked for me, and I think it can work for any industry, is to look for organizations, industry organizations. Mm. So, for example, there are wedding and event uh, organizations, professional, national, and local. Um, like, for example, there's one called NACE for caterers, National Association of Catering Executives. Mm -hmm. So there are local chapters in most every uh, major city. And you go and make connections. There's wedding planners there, photographers, DJs, people who work in your industry. And then, um, like I said, there are local smaller organizations too. You go out and you network. And in the beginning, I got my name out by offering my services. Someone uh, gave me uh, a tip initially when I started my business and said, you know what? People, when it comes to food, pretty pictures are one thing, but people have to taste your food, right? You have to taste it. So anytime there's an opportunity that makes sense, let me say that, that makes sense to sponsor an event or donate your services, do it. And mm-hmm. I say that makes sense. You can't, people are going to ask you to do stuff for free all the time or going to ask you to do stuff for exposure, mm-hmm. but you have to decide and you're not going to make the right decision every single time, but you have to decide what criteria makes a good opportunity for you. Are there going to be brides there? Cause that's who I want to market to. Mm-hmm. If it's not going to be brides there, are there going to be wedding planners there or other mm-hmm. people that have connections with brides? Are there going to be corporate people there that you want to market your services to? If Mm -hmm. so, then you look at that as a marketing cost and you put your best foot forward. And just because you're not getting paid, you know, cash money, don't go cheap. You know, you do as much as you can afford to put your best foot forward and people will remember you. So So let me just ask you this. Like, speaking, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm just thinking, like, kind of switching topics just a little bit. Okay. Speaking of brides, Mm -hmm. you were a new bride when you started this business. Yes. So, starting a business in a new marriage, uh, how many years has it been since you've been married? 13. Wow. Oh my gosh. I know. Okay. (laughs) We're making ourselves sound older and older as we go. Listen. I'm taking therapy for for dealing with my age issues. Okay. (laughs) We look real good. Uh, Yes, girl. So listen, (laughs) um, I'm just joking though. Um, How did that play out in your household in a new marriage? Because when you think about it now, I, I, I tend to think this way. I don't know if you agree, but marriage is, is a, is a business. It's a contract. It's you, you walk into it. Yes. For better or for worse. But ironically, sometimes as soon as you get started, sometimes the worst may come which you're not always prepared for it's like you want to at least be able to have that honeymoon time at that point you both are coming in with certain expectations of who you are what you bring to the table um and then life happens and in your case um the job situation it was it it was clear that god was leading you in another direction It, it went away and you were starting this new but big um life-changing experience. How did that go? You know what? It was really tough. Um, My husband comes from a very traditional background as it relates to 
work and career. Mm -hmm. um, both of his parents worked on their jobs and in their careers for 30 years and retired. And not that they don't support entrepreneurship, but they just, their mindset is you work your career and you climb the ladder and then you retire, which yep. worked very well for, for them. And then here, their son, their only child, uh -oh. comes <laughs> with this, you know, new wife, just got married, and I want to leave a job where I was making six figures to start a catering business. Mm -hmm. And my husband was su supportive. I, we start, I started while I was still working, so it was a side hustle for the first couple of years. We got married in 2008, and I in August of 2008, and I got pregnant in January of 2009. Mm. So... My daughter uh, was born in September of 2009. And while I was on maternity leave and looking at this little baby and like, okay, put her in daycare, I was like, I can't do it. So I told mm -hmm. my husband, I said, look, can you give me 12 to 18 months to grow this business? Um, because I don't want to go back to work. Mm. And so his question was being the accountant and finance person that he is, where are you going to get the money from? <laughs> that was like, I, I don't know, but I know that if I'm going to make this a career, I can't do it part-time. I have to do it full-time. Mm -hmm. And so he said yes, and I went out there doing all those things I said before, um, networking, getting to know people, literally knocking on doors. And then in 2012, because I was uh, renting a space in a kitchen, uh, at nights and weekends, and I wasn't doing corporate business. I said, okay, been doing okay with these weddings. It's, it was like 2011. And I said, if I'm going to grow, <laughs> I'm coming to him again. If I'm going to grow past just doing stuff on the weekend and get to the catering, the corporate business, I need my own space. And he was like, where are you going to get the money from? <laughs> I'm like, I know a husband like that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. So I use savings, uh, friends, family, banks were like, no, you don't have enough experience in the business for us to loan you money. So literally when we got the commercial space that I'm in now in 2012, I had just enough money to put the equipment that I needed in here, in here, do a little bit of construction and turn the lights on and open the door. I had no recurring customer base or anything. Mm. Um, and when you start a business, you, you, you're going to take a pay cut. Unless you come from money and a business has been handed to you or a lot of money has been handed to you or you have the means to go to a bank and they just give you money. And we know as black women entrepreneurs, we get the smallest amount of uh, venture capitalists or capital, right? When we're starting businesses, even though we make up the majority of the new entrepreneurs out there, that's another story for another day. Unless you have that, it's gonna be bootstrapping it, hustling. And that's what I was doing, literally hustling every day taking what I learned from sales, going to all the corporate uh, offices around where I am, knocking on doors, bringing cookies, bringing a menu, asking, can we come and do a tasting and literally built the business customer by customer by mm. customer. And 
I would say it took about three years after moving in this space because now I have overhead. Like, not only do I have rent, I have utilities, I have insurance, and I have a small team. So I have payroll. And I was paying everybody but myself, really. Mm. I would feed the family from food that was left over here. I put gas in my car. And that's about it. And it got to a point where my husband was taking care of our new baby. Like I was going to ask you about that. Like, that had to take a toll. It did, because even though he was supportive, I don't think either of us realized financially and from a time perspective how hard it was going to be. So I'm birthing a business and birthing and raising a child and a marriage at the same time. And that's a lot of big things. It was a lot of things. And it got to a point where my husband was like almost at his breaking point. And he was just like, what? And he used to say before he got to the breaking point, when I would be frustrated, it would be greater later. It would be greater later. And that would give me my energy to keep going. But he got to a point where it was just like, look, you know, we're not getting to enjoy our lives. Mm -hmm. Our peers are going on vacations and traveling, buying new cars, and we're driving a, a 2000 or a 99. And, you know, and I'm just like, just, you know, hold on, hold on. It was, it was a struggle, but we, we prayed and, mm -hmm. He, he stuck beside me. What's the little thing saying? I'm going to stick beside him. He, he stuck beside me. And I have to give a lot of credit to him for the success that we have as a company because he was Mr. Mom. And he, you know, he said to me, this is not what I imagined. And mm. I'm like, I know, but I didn't plan it. Like, I didn't know yeah. either. It wasn't like the plan. It just sort of happened. So uh, let me ask you, when you talk about greater later, Mm -hmm. uh, how well is the company doing, may I ask? So the company is doing a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, lot better. Um, from, oh, how about this? Uh, Low Country Cuisine, we are the largest African-American woman-owned full-service catering company in DFW. All right. Yes. So that gives you an idea <laughs> of how much better that, that we're doing. And you know, it did not come without a lot of hard work, a lot of rewards along the way, um, of course, but it's a lot of stories I could tell. <laughs> I bet, I bet you can. Now, I know you have a spice line, um, yeah. a dab of doya. We love, by the way, my husband and I, we both enjoy it. It's yeah. very good. And speaking of spices and spicy, mm -hmm. um, I know you have a YouTube channel, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, too. Um, so what's the name of your YouTube channel? It is At Home with Chef Jolie. So speaking of being at home, girl, and spices, I want to talk about what kind of quick tips can you tell us about foods that we can eat um, or spices that we can use to help us, you know, that are aphrodisiacs, that kind of help us to spice up our uh, intimate life, if you will. Okay. Um, I have a complete recipe called, the original name was Get a Man Pasta, mm -hmm. but now it's Get a Man slash Get a Woman and also Keep a Man, Keep a Woman. 
and then the, keep your person, whoever it is. Right. But, I know. Know. It gets complicated after a while. It's like, okay, <laughs> never mind. It's complicated. Um, but it is a, um, everybody's welcome to enjoy this recipe. But it has some aphrodisiac ingredients in it. Um, one of the things that goes with it is asparagus. Mm -hmm. And so aside from uh, the vitamins that are in, in asparagus that are good for erection and blood flow mm -hmm. also the shape of the asparagus kind of reminds you of some things you know okay but it's if good it's for blood flow good for blood flow yes right and it's All also, right. you know kind of help with arousal and things like that okay also you know truffle oil so it is said that truffle oil the smell of truffle oil can mimic male pheromones Mm. So truffle oil is a good thing. Also spicy things like cayenne pepper because it has capsaicin in it. And so also the heat in uh, anything that's this spicy and contains capsaicin also is good for, for blood flow. Um, shiitake mushrooms are also another, another uh, aphrodisiac ingredient as well. Mm -hmm. And of course chocolate. We know chocolate is always good chocolate covered strawberry the color red so red foods as well because when you see red it makes you think like love and all the spice yeah all your senses exactly like the beautiful red lipstick that you have on today i'll take that i'll take it <laughs> so those are just some some ideas i love it and in your spices um in a dab of duya what do you have in that so I can't tell you everything. No, just do you have do you have anything in there that's an aphrodisiac? Let me ask you that. So there is some cayenne pepper in uh, a dabaduya. It's not a spicy season. It's just the right balance. That's why it's called a dabaduya because you can literally just use that and feel like you are an amazing chef. Because that's the thing about cooking is the right balance of seasoning and flavor, right? So a dabaduya has the right balance, and from a health perspective, one of the um, one of the the top ingredients in a dabaduya is turmeric, and so mm -hmm. you know that turmeric is good for high blood pressure. And there's even some research out there that talks about uh, certain preventative cancers in terms of uh, turmeric. I love it. Listen, it's been great talking to you. I love all the flavor that you have in your life and the spices <laughs> that you share with us. I can say that I remember when you began your business and I remember being uh, one of the people that sampled it before, you know, um, we know you as Chef Jolie that we know today and just your desserts and your food, like everything was always so good. So I'm super excited about all of your success. I certainly celebrate it. I celebrate you as a woman entrepreneur who's doing her thing um, and still maintaining her family life. And so if you could just leave us with a word um, that really helps you to maintain the flavor in your own life, whether it's you, you personally um, or with your family, um, what would you like to share with our audience? I would just say that something that keeps me going um, is something that someone told me, just no matter what happens or what's going on, just remember to keep moving forward. Mm. And it sounds simple, kind of sounds cliche. Um, however, we can all think about times where something has just happened in our life, professionally, personally, and it feels like it is just the end, it's over. Yeah. But you can always, you know, after you kind of 
you know, cry, because cry if you must. But after you wipe your tears, you got to keep going, even if it's just one step. What's, what's that small step that yeah. you can control to keep moving forward? And yeah. it sounds small, but it has helped me. You know, that's so good. The good news here is that baby steps are still steps. Mm -hmm. So we will keep moving forward. And for those of you who are in the DFW area, and if they want to come and find out more about um, Low Country Cuisine, where can folks find out about your business? What's your website? Uh, it's Low Country Cuisine, cuisine with a Q dot com. And also uh, social media on uh, Instagram, chef underscore Jolie underscore low country cuisine. And I just got on TikTok. It's so much fun. Uh, <laughs> TikTok chef underscore Jolie. All right, Chef Jolie. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Superpower Podcast. Thank you for having me. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'm your girl, Dia Direct. Make sure you check uh, Chef Jolie out if you're in the DFW area. But also remember, as she said, to keep moving, keep moving forward. Um, keep that flavor going in your life. Make sure that you continue to infuse yourself with the things that make you feel good. Mind, body, soul, and spirit. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please um, share it with others. Comment. Let us know because you are the flavor. You're the fuel that keeps us going right here on this show. So thank you so much. God bless you. Until the next time. Thank you, Chef. I sure do appreciate you. I really enjoy talking to Chef Jolie about not only how she's been able to power through in her business, but to recognize that every day is not going to be Sunday when you're starting something new. There are going to be those days where you don't know how you're going to do it and everything is working against you. And I know many people want to start new businesses and new projects and it's you know, it's that time of year um, or just even after the, the pandemic, so many things have changed. But just know that the process may not always be easy, but it is a process. Um, and just make sure you find something in the middle of your journey that helps you to keep the flavor in your life. Right. What are the things that make you smile, that bring you joy? You know, even if it's just going outside and getting some sunshine, you got to keep fueling yourself with flavor and energy and tools that make you feel better every day. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you share it with your friends. Comment if it helped you. If you know somebody who's an entrepreneur or who needs some encouragement or who might be a new mom or a new wife and starting a new business, maybe this is the show for them. But I look forward to you staying with us and stay in touch. I'm your girl, Dia Direct. Find me at Dia Direct, D-E-Y-A Direct on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere. All right. This has been the Superpower Podcast, where women of power and women with powerful stories testify.